0: But we had an issue because uh, customs held the half-inch tapes. The girl in reception said, I'm really sorry, but we haven't got the tapes, so we're not going to be able to master today. Hello, everyone. We're back for another episode of Session Recall, and this week we're going to be discussing mastering. You look like you're in the same shirt as last week there, John.
1: Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I have oh, I've you... I have this habit of I get a new shirt and I don't stop wearing it. Oh, okay. We so... did actually
0: say for continuity, again, we should be wearing the same. <laughs> I'm obviously not in the same t but I actually really got, I have actually got yeah, another. Is. This is a different one. This is um, somebody after I asked if they could send us. Someone did send me another one. So it's actually a different <laughs> Flip Flop Records T-shirt. It's on the Ralph Lauren T-shirt. But again, I'm back in Leaders again. That's three weeks in a row I've flown back to do this podcast from our studio in Evervale. Try to set up exactly the same. Yeah, we're discussing
1: mastering. Mastering. How, what percentage of your work is mastering work, John? I've got mastering this week. One of my regulars, like, well, I say regulars. Dale's like one of the first person I recorded at my parents' house. Mm-hmm. And he's like mixing stuff at home. And yeah, I, I do a bit of mastering from time to time. I've got a couple of regular clients who I'll get once a year. I do some reissues for people as well. Yeah. Which actually completely ruins my Spotify algorithm. Because then, like, my what I end up doing is I listen to their their old tracks and stuff, they're all old masters of certain people. So, there's an artist called Tick and Talk. Mm. And last year, my most played artists or my favorite artists, according to Spotify, were them (laughs) because I was referencing stuff all the time, just listening through. I think I just left it on one day and it had gone on for 24 (laughs) hours and I completely forgot about it. Right. Um, Yeah, no, I do. I do quite a bit. I quite enjoy it. Recently, as well, started probably mastering my mixes. It was just partly because. I did it. And the band went, yeah, sounds great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a couple of reasons. There's budget reasons. There's you've done something from before and they love the sound of it. I mean, I get stuff to just master. People say, do you master? And I do. And I just master it. I haven't recorded it. I haven't mixed it and I'll master it. Like sometimes you'll record and mix something and then it'll get sent to me for mastering. And sometimes you've mastered things for me as well.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean, a lot of the times there's a budget for mastering and we might use that like the bigger bands have certain mastering engineers they've always used. And we use Pete Mayer a lot of the yeah. time, such good value for money. You, he just gets it every time what you get back is brilliant, but sometimes due to, you know, he's a busy, busy, busy yeah. man. So sometimes you can't, you haven't got the time to wait, or there's maybe not quite that budget, although he's amazingly priced. So you might end up doing it yourself. We've got various options, haven't we? Cause we master from leaders veiled as well. If we're, you know, we can master here with our outboard or we can master in the box. Master at home, and we've both got home studios and we've both got Pro Tools rigs and we've both got outboard there as well. And we've got like, you know, our mastering mastering studio as well. Like in terms of plugins and equipment, we've kind of got everything we need to be a mastering studio and the monitoring.
1: Yeah, it kind of gets, it's been built up over time, isn't it? It's not something that yeah. we've just done over, over like that. And I know with Leaders Vale, it's, you know, it's really well treated. It's like, yeah. It acoustically is really good and obviously like you've got I've used Sonarworks works in that room and it's like it can, sonarworks can be good and just in terms of smoothing out Yeah. It's like the the gaps in your knowledge and obviously Yeah, is. I
0: use Sonarworks in my in my home home studio. Um just to just to figure out where the issues are and then kind of address them and then re re look at it afterwards. But yeah, we've got a good setup for mastering if anyone's looking for mastering service. I mean some of the outboard we've got in the mastering studio now is um Chandler. Shadow Hill stuff. We've got the Shadow Hills, yeah. This is all outboard, not plugins. The manly massive passive, good monitoring. We've got the thermionic culture stuff. Sometimes I'll master through the Red Busted, um, just for a little harmonic distortion, a bit of air, the Freebird EQ, which thermionic culture as well, which is a great EQ for mastering. I mean that with the Shadow Hills, I mean you
1: don't really need no. a lot else. I remember the Freebirds when we got it. I remember just thinking that's oh, not really doing anything. And we try and tracking with it. I remember you saying something similar. We tried tracking with it. It's like, it doesn't really do too much. I'm not really sure about it. Yeah, and we put it on the mix bus. And it's like, oh, okay, sounds good. And it's like, yeah. it's one of those ones where you take it off. And then you notice, oh,
0: okay. You just need a little bump here and there. And it's just that velvety thing. And it does something. And yeah, it's just it's great, isn't it? But yeah, sometimes you just want to use a certain master engineer. I mean, back in the day, we didn't... You you just went to a mastering engineer. We used to attend mastering. Now nobody comes to mastering. So, you you know, we can master from any of our locations we were at. Before you couldn't, you had to, and you went because you had tapes, you couldn't send them. So you'd generally go to mastering up to London to, used to go to Abbey Road to do mastering. Used to go to Mike Marsh um exchange a lot to do mastering it was was fantastic uh camden yeah done stuff there and had some amazing mastering trips because like the pressure's off you're going to work with like especially when you're going to work like a legendary mastering engineer you get to go to new york just to master you're not really doing anything you're delivering the tapes and then you're sitting in for mastering for the day and get to spend a few times there so one of my best mastering experiences was actually in new york at sterling on um, teenage fan club record so they wanted Greg Calby to master it, had the budget for it. So off, me and Raymond went off to New York to master with Greg Calby, who's a legendary mastering engineer, and getting to go to Sterling. But we had an issue because uh, customs held the half-inch tapes. So we couldn't master. We got to mastering, and um, the girl in reception said, I'm really sorry, but we haven't got the tapes, so we're not going to be able to master today. And we we're like, oh god! But they were really good with us. Said, you know, we're not going to charge you for Greg's time. He's got other stuff. He other stuff he can do. But there's no way of knowing how long it's going to be because customs don't tell you that. So they said we'll be flexible. We'll slot you in as and when we get the tapes back. For days <laughs> we waited. <laughs> we we staying in a nice hotel there. We were in the uh, Paramount Hotel in Times Square. So we have got a nice hotel, and it's uh, on Sony. And they can't they can't send us home because. You know, we're there now so they were busy trying to find us things to do so we're getting taken to this party and there was this going on and we're getting going out for dinner here um and then they got us tickets uh bb B. king's place to go and see little richard off we went and we're a small small club and we're getting to yeah. watch little richard and i always remember bb king ca- came around because he was there and he kind of sat on a table with me and raymond there and we're having we have dinner and stuff and then the band are on and like bb king's like it's little richard it's look it's little richard and then i'm like yeah but it's, it's bb king sat watching little richard you know um the great experiences and then we go and then finally the tapes i can't remember how, how long it took um we finally get the tapes and then they can fit us in a couple of days later off we go do the mastering and greg was greg was brilliant you know you go in his studio and there's a letter on the wall in a thing and it says um Pop by to see it says something like i came by to see you weren't here but it's okay because i trust your ears signed john lennon you know so it's like endorsed i don't need to be here you know what you're doing um great great guy i'm watching him master and just kind of how little he did but every little bit he did made a massive difference and just the monitoring in that room and just you know getting to see him at work same when you go to abbey road and those guys you know they've they just run it through that chain and it automatically has this kind of lift. lift and this velvety thing going on. And it's just such a well-oiled machine, those chain, those old desks and everything and the chain it goes through. And they don't necessarily have to do a lot. Hopefully they don't have to do a lot because it means the mixes are good. And if they all mixes, that's a nice, nice thing to be told
1: yeah um but i always worry. i always worry that you know when you send stuff to mastering engineers i'm always sure mastering engineers always just go oh yeah, make sounds really good even if it yeah. doesn't they're gonna go yeah it sounds really good yeah i always get paranoid but, about that <laughs> I, I do and maybe and you know
0: certainly yeah you can't really you know if the engineer goes how was it how did you find it you know i might say oh well there was a little bit of um muddiness around the 300 or whatever or you know the vocal was a little bit lost in the mix, so I've just brought that out a bit. Or something you might just give them, a, you know, that kind of feedback. We're certainly not going to say it was an absolute bag of yeah. shite and I spent <laughs> pulled my hair out for three days and trying to fix everything that you'd um, totally messed up. So, yeah, there is that element. But that's why when you go to mastering and you work with these guys, you actually, you know then because you get to see how much they do. How much is needed? What are they doing? And always have a Mm. look at what they're doing. What are they taking out? What they adding? And if they're battling with it and going through, and you might hit one problem track where they're just going, this just doesn't sit with everything else, and this is because of that. And when you're there, you get to see that. So that paranoia goes because you know they're not doing anything. Yeah, obviously they're always telling you it's great, aren't they? Um, But yeah, we do a lot, a lot of mastering. So get stuff I mean every week there's stuff to master, whether it's a single or an EP or an album, getting stuff all the time. Getting more and more now. Um and as we're doing it more and more, people are obviously bands talk and they're saying, Oh, we're getting, you know, nick mastered hours and maybe yeah. that's you know, we're we're quite reasonably priced. So if the if the budget's not there, or if we've recorded it, why not master it? But I do like sending it off to people because I, yeah extra like pair of years. You know, you've you've recorded it, you've mixed it, and then just getting someone like Pete to just it was one
1: of it. the things I did in my old studio. One of the things I was really happy about. I went to Harvard for, for I was doing attended mastering for a while, and I was really glad I did that because it was just like an extra pair of ears. It was like the, yeah. the QC thing, I suppose. It's like someone else is checking over it because yeah, you, you in a get room. a bit tunnel vision sometimes.
0: exactly. And it's you know they're mastering in a room that's set up for mastering that's got really good monitoring. You know, like like Orbiter Sonora where we do the mastering over in in Spain. It's um, our mastering room there, it's really set up. You know the monitoring in the room and everything's treated for for mastering, so it's a great place to do it. But our rooms are good as well. But yeah, I mean, you know, with the mastering, when I get sent stuff I haven't recorded, it's nice when you haven't recorded it. You don't know all the elements. You haven't got yeah. all those things going round in your head about it, and you can listen to it objectively and go, oh that needs a bit of this." I always think, you know, the less you have to do, like the better. Sometimes yeah. you don't have to do a lot if it sounds good. Why why mess with it? why you know you're there you're there to make sure it sounds good and if it already sounds good then that's just verification for them that it sounds good then you'll do the technical aspect of it the levels making sure there's nothing flappy at the bottom end or if there's tiny little bump here and there and then the technical stuff which is adding the codes and doing the ddp masters and all that which Mm -hmm. you know is a big part of the mastery which takes that responsibility off a band member or off an engineer or something yeah, because um, you've got to get all that data right. Otherwise, you know that's an important part of it. Giving them their DDP with all the right data on and compiling. You know, a lot of the time when we master an album, isn't it? The time is spent compiling the album, making sure the the gaps are right. All that technical side. It's yeah. not just.
1: It's not just. It's, does it sound good? It's how are you, can you compile this album and you know. Does it sound good from start to finish? You like. Does yeah. and it is also does it flow. Yeah, level
0: matching. So, do you? I assume you are like me. You've switched between stuff you've mastered and you'll AB and go back to so make sure stuff's got a uh, yeah you so know, flow to it.
1: Yeah, what I normally do when I'm when I'm kind of doing it is I'll bring in all the tracks onto one session. I probably have their own tracks in in Pro Tools, which I'm using, and yeah. then I'll just have like recorded the recorded the final masters in the session, and I'll like switch go AB a, B between the different tracks. Yeah, and, yeah. And that's so check. I've got well, I've got all the all of them in one session as well so yeah it's just very easy to kind of like you know loudness match or just check like is everything kind of flowing is yeah. anything that's jumping out Or do I need to kind of revisit it
0: yeah because obviously dynamics in a mix and how much compression they've used stuff like that can affect like some
1: songs can just jump
0: out of the speakers already and maybe the others don't and even though they're kind of appearing that they're at the same levels then they just have completely different dynamics so it's addressing that so that yeah. especially if they come next to each other on the album it you know it doesn't necessarily matter if it's a kind of slow kind of song that starts quiet that's following a big song because it but if it's two big songs together it's yeah. like you know you got to address all those things so there's that massive technical aspect to it yeah in an ideal world it would always go off i mean i'd love to use the big guys you know i've had stuff um bob ludwig's master stuff for us and um, we've had stuff done at metropolis at abbey road and yeah um there's lots of great master engineers there's a guy out in um portland as well who's brilliant and you know, with the thunder stuff, we always use Edwards, and he's always does an amazing job. And uh, we'd love to always use a master engineer, really. But as part of our business, that enables us to obviously get work as well and get paid. And, and uh, it's an aspect that we do. But yeah, on a record that I'm producing, I'm mixing. It's nice to send it off to. I mean, Pete would you be it. It would usually go to have that kind of, and he they always come back sounding so good.
1: Yeah, because I remember we did like, um, again, going back to General Ford's army, you we, we did a shootout, didn't you, between a yeah. few? Yes. And there was like, it was like Abbey Road did one, like... It Pete. was Abbey
0: Road, Pete, and um, Bob Ludwig. So we had a track done through or three. And it was one of those things that at first, especially like for Simon, who is Simon Ford, General Ford's army, for him it was With like daisy, it wasn't much uh what was that was you gonna say daisy flame in the porcelain cage daisy <laughs> flame <laughs> in the porcelain cage the lost album whatever one, yeah. one of the absolute masterpiece great fun to work on great album musical just just brilliant um yeah and should definitely have a lot more credit than it than it does you know um so yeah some really interesting tracks on there um he's an interesting artist but yeah, we did have the shoot off, and it maybe it, it's not obvious at first. Maybe more obvious to me, the trained ear. But Simon, you know, it took him a little while, and then he was like, "Right, well, we, I mean, we discounted the Bob Ludwig one straight away, not because there's anything wrong with it. It was just pretty much like like the mix. It was just exactly the same as the mix, um, but I'm slightly too bright, maybe." We had Abbey Rhodes one, which just had this velvet kind of love wrapped around it that you couldn't quite put your finger on, but it just had this thing. It made it sound really warm and really nice. And yeah. kind of, you imagined that over time, even though it hadn't done a lot over time, you wouldn't get tired of listening to that. Um, whereas the Ludwig one, maybe you would. It was kind of maybe over time you, you would. And then the Pete one was great. And it had slightly more width and Sidon really liked what it did to his vocal. It it had this um, effect on where his vocal sat and the kind of how it kind of jumped up. And so he really liked that. And he was like, "I, I, I really like the Abbey Road one because of this, but I really like the Pete one because of this. It's slightly, Pete's slightly edgier. The vocal sat really nice and they were both good for, for different reasons. Not that they yeah. were miles apart, to be honest. You know, the mixes were good anyway, and they, they're both good masters. Um, we went with Pete because um, it was it was about that that vocal, the vocal kind of thing won it. But I mean, I really like the Abbey Road one. But then for an unsigned artist, self finance like Simon, it's like, do you spend? Yeah. Do you go into the thousands? How much difference is it going to make to his record sales? You know, he's trying to make the best record he can, but he's already spent all his money Can't on session musicians, studios. It's like we can have this mastered, this one, which I really like because the vocals for a few hundred, this one's into the thousands. So for an unsigned artist like Simon, it's justifying spending that thousands you know, is the end user by the time everyone listens to it I'm on a little pair of earbuds. I mean, you're always trying to make the best one record you can for the budget you've got. The difference for him wasn't big enough to justify spending hundreds and hundreds of more packs when there was absolutely nothing wrong with Pete Mayers. He actually really liked Pete Mayers, but also yeah. really liked the other one. So it was then, well, I really like this, so let's go with this. And it saves him money, yeah. which then he can put into promotion, you know. Yeah. But I still think people should always get their stuff mastered you know people say oh they they can just run it through a a limiter or whatever on on their system and it sounds like a bag of shit really does sounds nice and loud and nice and crunchy whatever but then it gets played on the radio and it dies a horrible death or always get you can get mastering done really well for a really good price now so i would say always go and get it professionally mastered just to have that validation as well and just because that's what you know, mastering engineers are used to doing that. That's what they're there for. That that process at the end, that extra pair of ears. But yeah, definitely make sure you get your stuff mastered.
1: With the Simon session, did you attend that mastering, or was that just it was online? No, no, it was all online mastering, and um, you attended but you attended with Scott.
0: Um, the last one I did at Abbey Road, last session, of master, yeah, I attended the master in Abbey Road, yeah, for Kitten Pyramid's last album with Scott. I think, you know, Scott, we could have done the online thing, but I think as an experience, Scott wanted to go to Abbey Road and we spent a lot of time on that album. So he was like, no, let's see the whole process through. And we had kind of business meetings to, dis- to anyway, so things to discuss. So it was like, right, we can do all this in one hit. We go to London. We go to mastering. We make sure we see it through. It's a nice experience to go to Abbey Road. He'd never been, and then we can have our meetings and talk about all the business stuff that we had to talk about anyway. Yeah, um, and it was really reasonable. It, it was great. They didn't have to do a lot to it, but great experience. Great day out. They were everyone there's, you know, so great anyway. Um, and it was reasonable because it was done pretty quick. To be honest, it didn't actually. um yeah. it was a re-
1: really reasonable price they did and, um, so I'm, I'm guessing that for attended mastering they're not really charging per track then they might be charging. per hour. per hour yeah so it was per hour but we were getting through them um, and did they do I'm just wondering did they do the half half speed mastering thing or not so I've heard like the places I think is it um, Metropolis might do this yeah where they're like they play it back at half speed Um. so obviously it's like the shift spacebar trick you do in Pro Tools when I'm trying to do edits and stuff yeah and then, like, obviously, it's playing back at half the speed, but then you capture it again like a faster one. But then it just means that, like, I'm not really sure why. But they didn't do
0: any of that, but I don't know if they do do that technique
1: there. No. But I'm wondering if it's – is, is that for vinyl? I have to get a mastering a mastering engineers on. Yes. Other mastering engineers who do that and find out yeah. why. So well, we've really talked, we have talked to Pete
0: about coming on, but he's such a busy man. But if, yeah, um, if we can get the, uh, the stars to align, then he will come on and be doing a uh, mastering uh, – Podcast with there?
1: us, cool. yeah, yeah. Anything else to add? I think that's kind of kind no. Of creative, just
0: send really. us your tracks for mastering. Yeah, we'll master them.
1: We uh, and if there's anything yeah. standing out, I think what I've got at the moment, one or two people, I'm giving them feedback. Going, well, I think we need to just make a couple of adjustments first. Yeah, before we do it, before you send it over, I think we just need to tweak the levels, like bring yeah. vocals up a bit.
0: Yeah, I respect that when a mastering engineer says that. You know, if, if you just drop your snare or brought your snare up a little bit or something, those little things. But maybe we'll post some tracks. Get permission off the bands and maybe post some tracks that pre-master and then mastered that that we've done or that um, some other mastering engineers have done, and then we can actually talk about um, you know the differences and what's been done to them. And I've got some an album I'm going to master it um, in the next couple of weeks actually, and it's just it's well mixed and everything, but the vocals just a little bit too too buried. So in that mastering process, it will be bringing that vocal out and the techniques to to bring that vocal out. Um, yeah. just, a, just a little bit where are we going to be next week John I'm going to be I'll be back in Spain going to work to on some start work on um, some in tracks Max. with Max Rafferty over Ooh. in Spain at Rex Orbiter Mafferty. Sonora yeah and at my, my place but Nada Surf in Leaders Vale this weekend so finishing off their album which is only really good with my old production buddy Ian Lawton who's going to be a guest on here great front of house engineer tour manager yeah. try and grab him for a podcast on the weekend john try and okay, get him, cool. an interview with him uh, right. but yeah i'll be back in sunny spain next week
1: cool um as always as i say before we've got a workshop that's happening in april for production workshop available which you can visit at sessionrecall.com forward slash lead as well if you have any questions drop us an email podcast at session recall com and you can leave us a comment if you're on youtube but thanks again very much for watching if nice you friend. know anyone who would find us interesting um, please share with them as well and hopefully we we'll see you all again in the next one great bye bye